baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Laura, are you real Christmas tree or a fake? Real. 100% real. Well, I have good news for you then. Okay. New York Times today reporting that environmentalists are lining up behind real Christmas trees. Okay. It's been a source of debate because it's a little counterintuitive, right, that you're planting a tree with the express purpose of chopping it down when it's between six and ten feet tall. They're so sustainable, though, right? They're very sustainable. Yeah. And they also, according to the Times, generally are taking advantage of of farmland that would be empty. Okay. Well, that's good. So maybe, and not necessarily entirely empty, maybe it would be, you know, beans or corn or something else. But the beauty of planting a forest is that it creates a habitat. Yep. It does the kind of CO, oxygen, mm-hmm. kind of the circle of life. Yes. And so because of the business of uh, creating Christmas trees, those who are Christmas tree farms have an incentive to keep planting. So yeah. when they chop one, usually they plant two or three. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was that good, but it's pretty good. I love it. I'm not opposed to a fake tree if Either it's a good fake tree, and that in itself is sustainable because you're reusing every year. As know? long as, yes, as long as you really keep it. When you throw those thing out, there's a lot of petroleum That's or whatever. Right. It's not It's not like a very recyclable thing. Right. But I, I grew up with a fake tree. All, my, the whole time, your oh, entire childhood, really? My parents had that same damn tree. Well. they That tree probably lasted... 20 years. That's good, though. That's good. Pretty it got a good. nice long life. It was one of those trees with, like, the sort of the, like, the metal that you would stick each branch, like, with the hole. Oh, it was, like, yeah. the twisted metal. Yes. And you'd put it in there. <laughs> I remember assembling the tree. Now they have one of these, you know, that folds up or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not quite. I bet the new one won't last as long as the old uh, one. Probably not. It looks a lot nicer mm-hmm. than the current one. But my mom always would have like, you know, uh, Fraser fir scented yes. candles or something yeah. around the house. To create the vibe you're of like, the real deal. You're fooling no one, mom. Like we know <laughs> it's not a real tree. But it does give the vibe. I, we usually do – we have a real tree. We had a little bit of a challenge with our tree this year. Yeah. Did I tell you about this? So I don't think so. We got this tree, and it's beautiful. Like, I love it. Looks great. It's sort of scraggly a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's full, but scraggly. It's not – you know, some trees are, like, perfectly formed. And this one looks a little more like, I don't know, free range. Sure. Put it that way. I like that. I like it, too. But it wasn't taking up water. Even oh. though it was fresh cut. Okay. It wasn't. That's weird. Right. So you get a little nervous. Yep. So one morning when my wife was still sleeping, I took the tree out of the stand outside 
cut off another little bit. Fired up the, I mean, my chainsaw is battery powered, but yeah, fired up the chainsaw, gave it another fresh cut. Mm-hmm. Was <laughs> that the ticket? Yeah, it worked. Good. That's and I, great. I will say I felt so manly. Oh, anytime you have a power tool, yes. even if it's electric or <laughs> battery powered, you feel like a man. Chainsaw. Oh, I a mean, chainsaw. How brute is that? Right. No kidding. It's a pretty good moment. Look at how manly you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw this coming. No. No one saw it coming. I don't see it now. No, oh, that's Charlie. Fair. It's fair, Charlie. I mean, look at this jacket I'm wearing today. It's fabulous. Chad was asking, I'm wearing a jacket that I did, I did not know what this style of jacket is called. There's sort of no, it's, it's, there's no collar. It's collarless. A, my, Tunic. I texted, like. a little, yeah. I texted my wife and she said that it's called a Mandarin. A Mandarin. Okay. Like a Chinese style. Kind of like an old, yes. Jacket. Yes. Yes. And I said, I'm like, that sounds vaguely racist. I'm like, are you sure it's called Mandarin? <laughs> chairman de Russia. <laughs> yeah. you're looking I look today. a little chairman, Maoist yeah, a little today. Chairman de Russia today. Mm, just like I like it. You know, America is finally realizing how much we want authoritarian rule. I know we've convinced ourselves over the years that we love democracy. Yeah. But we want, we want to be told these are the orders. From- At least in our wardrobe, huh? Maybe this is what... It- should I, you know, John Williams used to do like King John. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I could do share. I mean, we have a, more of a socialist move in, in the Minneapolis area these years. I, I could be chairman. <laughs> and you you're at try. the forefront of it, Jason. Yeah. All our texters yeah. say so. Oh, you yeah. could try. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> this seems like a very bad idea and also seems like something that I cannot Hey, before we get too far away from the Christmas tree conversation, I want to tell you about my tree because it's tiny, of course, because we have a tiny house, house, which you've seen. And um, maybe I've already told you this, but all of the ornaments are either from places we have traveled Mm. to or that people have given us as gifts. I love that. And I love it, too, because every year when I decorate and take them out of the box... It brings back all the memories of these cool places we've been and things that we've loved to do, and it's so fun. Do you so? Do you struggle with that because you also have excellent interior design taste? Mm, so I you. could see where maybe you would want. Like I sometimes feel a little envious of like the beautiful like designer yes, kind of trees. I am envious of that. And one year I'm going to do the thing where you hang a tree upside down from your ceiling. Yes. That's some kind of a tradition. Those are fun. It comes from, but yeah, it is hard for me. Yes. Cause I want, cause ours to too beautiful. is totally like this year we only put up one box of ornaments, mm-hmm. but normally we have like our tree is Crowded. Just filled. I and it's love got it's that. like my childhood. Yes. There there's an ornament that I made, I think, in like yep. second grade. Good. Where it's like a laminated angel. Mm-hmm. And then my school picture from that yes, year is that's like so great that you still have it. Your it's really great to have it, it. But we still had yeah. like some kids you know, when our kids were really yep. little. Me too. And I like it, even though I w- every year we have the discussion, like, uh, do you want to do like a blue tree a or themed, a themed tree? Yeah. No. Yeah, we, you just throw just it all the on the crappy there. ornaments out I and know. laugh about each yes, one and where it was from. And then and, it has character. You could always do like a fancier designer tree, a smaller one somewhere else in your house. It's true. 
Yeah, you guys have space for that. We do. We have enough room that we could do that. Mm-hmm. Now you're now you're running up into the ultimate life challenge. Like how much how much work are you willing to do? Exactly. <laughs> Charlie, do you have? Uh, no, you don't like Christmas cookies. We've heard this before. Yeah. Well, I, again, I, and I by that I mean you're like not wrong. The ones that wrong. you decorate, like just the sugar cookie, they're not no, good. No, they're not very good. It's fun to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun outs, to decorate, right? and Cut it out, and that's very fun. But they don't taste that good. We did that as a I family agree. once. The cutouts. Yeah. Oh. Like my wife's mother does cutouts, and it's a fun tradition. Yes. They're really cute. Yeah, yeah they're not as I, t- not her fault. Nothing just against in the case tradition. she's listening. Right. It's not Pat's fault. The but. creation is fun. The taste yes. is not. Yeah, nothing against the tradition of doing it, but I don't want to eat those. No, I don't we, have the tree. We have a bit of a Christmas cookie conundrum. Oh, so Alyssa and her sister and her mother are doing a cookie exchange. Mm-hmm. So, like, we bake two different kinds of cookies. Kim bakes two. Pat bakes two. Good idea. Because who needs? Like, we just don't eat like that, you know? Yeah. And there aren't that many kids around, so, like, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But the recipe Alyssa picked out is an uh, from a wonderful local uh, cookbook author who wrote a book called 100 Cookies, Sarah Kiefer. Yeah. Which, by the way, would be a great gift if you're looking for a gift for somebody uh, a baker. I'm not being paid to say it, but it's a great, great book. Mm-hmm. But there's a recipe for an olive oil cookie with <gasps> a blood orange uh, glaze on it. Ooh, that sounds fantastic. So it's got a little bit of blood orange juice in it, and then you use the zest from the yes. blood orange in the glaze. And that doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it would be overly sweet, so oh. I would like that. I and, don't like and the olive oil should give sweet. it like a nice little texture, yeah. a little chew to it. You know what you cannot find anywhere? Blood oranges. Really? I have not looked for blood, blood oranges. oranges in a long it's time. very seasonal. Mm-hmm. And we're at the beginning of the season. Normally you would have blood oranges in the stores right now, but yeah. I have gone to Lunds and Byerly's. I've gone to Whole Foods. I've gone to Cub. Wow. And they're all like, well, there's a delay, there's a supply issue. We had them for a couple days and now we can't get them. I wonder if you could substitute with something like a Cara Cara orange. Those are the mm. kind I like. They're a little sweeter I than thi- a navel. I think so. I mm-hmm. And that's what we'll ultimately do. Or I could use maybe like a Campari uh, yeah. liquor. Yep. Use that. Mm-hmm. And maybe just the glaze probably won't be as pink as, you know. A little food coloring in there. No one know. There you go. <laughs> Uh, there is a national film registry. Did you know this is a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. National film registry. Apollo 13. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Yep. And the nightmare before Christmas. I don't think I ever saw that. That's a Tim Burton yeah. uh, stop motion animation. Uh, those are both in Apollo 13, man. That was a good movie. Yes. Love so it. many good movies, even though you know how they're going to end. I know. We like, Titanic, we knew. We knew. Apollo 13, we knew. Right. Laura, thank you. Have a great weekend. And you, thank you. I'm off tomorrow, so we'll see you next week. Uh, It is 520. The Rush Hour news headlines coming up in just a minute, including uh, the psychological explanation for gate lice. Have you ever, and I'll tell you what a gate lice is. New York Times going inside the meme team working for Donald Trump. 
And an update as to the post office challenges in Bemidji, Amazon versus the UPS versus delivery people. All of that as we keep rolling here on Drive Time. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Washington Post says gate lice refers to the people who line up before their boarding group is called. Charlie, you would never do this, would you? I would never line up before my group is called. I just no, like to say, I don't need, what's my hurry? I what's like to the line hurry? up when I get called. Why? Because I'm nervous. <laughs> like they're going to leave without you? I don't what? know. It's nonsensical. So the Washington Post looked into this. They talked to uh, Drake Castaneda, who is a former gate agent and currently a corporate communications manager at Delta. He said excitement is a possible cause. You know, if you're at the airport, you're you're ready to get where you're trying to go. So you're antsy, you're anticipating. But psychology experts, I love this explanation because I'm fascinated by social psychology. Why do we do what we do? Why are we influenced by what other people are doing? And this psychology professor at the University of Buffalo told The Washington Post, people use other people as sources of information, both about what the right thing to do is and also about what everybody else is doing. So both of those things are happening at the airport when when you get in line early. The first person who stands up sort of says, hey, it's socially acceptable for you to stand up. And then more people stand up. And more people, it's kind of an information feedback loop. This professor, Shira Gabriel, gave one of the best quotes of all time, I think. People will do any weird thing if they think that's the way to behave. Which explains almost every weird thing that people do. We're all lemmings. (laughs) We're just lemmings. lemmings. We're a bunch of lice just jumping. When you see people lining up, getting getting ready. It makes you think, oh, I guess there's a benefit. Better get Now, obviously, there's another component as to why people are trying to get on the airline early now. And it's because the airlines have trained everyone that you save money by carrying on. And so everyone wants to get space in the overhead bins. And I blame the airlines. It's a good fallback. I don't blame you, the person. The regular Joe just trying to get your stuff on the plane. I do think the airline should not uh, be charging for checked bags. And they should charge. I do like some of the, uh, like Sun Country, I think they charge for a carry-on. They do. And that makes sense to me because you're trying to board the plane. But they also charge for checked bags. They do charge for checked. But it's about the same, right? Uh, It's somewhat similar, yeah. Yeah. So then you're like a a little more for a checked bag. Yeah, I guess there's a little more labor in that, but you would think they would want to incentivize you to check. New York Times taking us inside the meme team, flooding social media with obnoxious and viral and questionable videos in support of Donald Trump. 
So this is an example of one of these meme videos. Just wait. Because it... Yeah, it gets metal. Yes. Oh, yeah. Never back down. No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm convinced. That's amazing. Uh, (laughs) We're going to fight for President Trump. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch that long to get to that point of the video. That's beautiful. Uh What are, what are we doing to our country? What 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 has happened to us? Is this all social media's fault? I feel like it's a lot, it's a lot. of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Uh New York Times with uh an I mean, frankly, it's very interesting, this subculture. They call it uh, the meme militia. There's this guy named Brendan uh, Dilly. He's a 41-year-old podcaster, of course. You know what? I blame social media. Maybe it's podcasters. Same thing. We need to eliminate the scourge of podcasters in America. I will stop podcasting your show. Well, not my podcast. Oh, oh the, oh, the other All ones. the other Got it. That's Got right. It. Okay. Uh, Brendan's a failed congressional candidate, a self-described social media and political influencer. I don't know. Self-described seems a little... The New York Times also can't help itself, can it? Like, just like, could you be a little less condescending? Self-described. Oh, you should condescend to influencers as much as humanly possible. The dude is a social media and political influencer. There's no question about it. Yeah, but you should still be condescending to them. (laughs) So Dilly doesn't create the memes himself. This is the true genius. This guy uh, doesn't do anything as far as I can tell, but provides the ongoing force and smash mouth ethos driving the crew. We need a Derusha meme team. Vibes. He just gives out vibes. He's in charge of vibes. Oh, I love it. Uh, the article is amazing because of course this guy, no way in hell he's going to do an interview at the New York times. Uh, and the team, the Dilly meme team is what they post under. Uh, they immediately produced a video mocking the New York times. As soon as word got out, they were doing the story. Uh, what's, Fascinating about this is sort of some of the legal questions here because these are volunteers, but there is coordination going on. It is clear that the Trump campaign provides video clips. There is an anecdote in the story of President Trump himself suggesting some edits to one of the videos. And so because this is uh, posted on the Internet instead of television or radio, it's not really subject to most of the political advertising laws. But there are questions. Is this uh, essentially a super PAC. So people are donating time and then they're getting compensation. Where are they getting compensation from? How is the court? So there are some interesting sort of civic and legal questions about what's going on there. You may have heard about some of the issues with mail service in Bemidji. The Amazon package is piling up and the regular mail delayed. So WCCO-TV reporting that Dennis Nelson worked at the Bemidji Post Office for about 21 years before he quit last week. He said a normal holiday route would be about 150 packages a year, all post office. But this year, 
Bemidji's post office took over deliveries for Amazon. So the Postal Service is trying to make money, right? And so they're taking Amazon business. But the postal workers, if you were doing 150 packages, now Dennis says they're doing 400 to 500 packages a day per carrier. Amazon says they work with the Postal Service to try to manage the demand, but Minnesota senators have been calling for an investigation into some of the issues. Uh, You know, in the metro area, Amazon has their own delivery drivers, their own distribution centers. But in Bemidji, in other parts of Minnesota and other parts of the country, uh, the post office does that work. And since none of you leave your houses and everybody orders everything... Uh, it is causing problems. 533, traffic and weather together. There was word that we were going to have a couple of pro-Palestinian protests today that could be affecting traffic. Are they? We'll find out from JP in just a minute on CCM. couple of weird stories to get you up to Henry Lake. Nice to have both of our uh, teams back in action tonight as well. Uh, the Wild at 7. Uh, They're at home in St. Paul, the Timberwolves at 730 on the road in Dallas. I'll tell you, there's a matchup I'm watching tonight. My alma mater, Marquette University, is hosting the University of St. Thomas. Now, these two Catholic universities, for them to play each other is pretty fun. St. Thomas just moving up into Division I in the NCAA. And so uh, part of the brilliant strategy by the athletic director at St. Thomas, you know, part of why St. Thomas went D1, I mean, obviously, like McAllister and Bethel and all of those schools got sick of competing against the big bag Tommy. Mm -hmm. But also for St. Thomas, they get the opportunity to say, okay, why are we not competing nationally for students? Why are we, why shouldn't the University of St. Thomas be like a Creighton or a Marquette or a Providence or some of these other Jesuit Catholic universities that attract students from all over? Yeah, I mean, from a money perspective, from a, a region perspective, there w- it makes total sense for them. To move you have everything else. Have everything that they have. More than more, they have. Because in you're in St. Paul, in this great city. It's a great campus. So the athletic director, I think, was really smart to say, look, let's use the D1 situation to try to recruit. Let's let's go play in Omaha. Let's go play in Milwaukee. Uh, I'm not sure that Phil Eston knew that when he got Johnny Towers team to play Marquette, that their first meeting would be against a team that is ranked in the top 10 in the country. I mean, Marquette's been. Well, they won D1 a few years ago. Marquette's been pretty Marquette's good. been a good team for a long it's time. It's not that they expected it to be a good team. Yeah, maybe not. Top they expected top a good team. Them. I don't so, know that they expected to be 23.5 point underdogs. Yeah, but tonight. I mean, 
how do you start a rivalry, right? And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody. I think it could be a lot. My personal challenge here is that I'm friends with Johnny Tower, the head men's basketball coach, and I went to Marquette University. Who do you cheer for? Marquette. No. You cheer for your friend. No, you cheer for a close game, but you want your school to win. No. My wife and I disagreed on this, too. She's like, of course you cheer for Marquette. Yeah. I'm like, this is our friend. I pay money to Marquette. John Tower has had me to his house for dinner. He like, I mean, it's di- some games. That's part of coaching. He's going to, you know, you cheer for him every other game. You say, but man, you know, keep it close. Have a fun time out there. I hope you lose. I mean, he's going to lose. I'll never say never. Chicago State beat Northwestern. Okay. Well, yeah. He's going to lose. But I think it's really great. Easy easy for you to say then, oh, I'm cheering for my, I'm cheering my buddy for... Johnny Tower. Go get well, him, Johnny. Well, he's going to lose. Go he's get... going to lose. I'm cheering yeah. for him. Easy to say when you know they're going to lose. I'm just being realistic. Um, This Craigslist post, I want to know if you guys think this is real or fake. Subject, hot dogs. Text, hope you like hot dogs. I have 53 cases of hot dogs to anyone who truly needs and wants them. 500 hot dogs in a case. They are not expired and they have been held at proper temp. You will need two people to help load all these up. Must take them all. 26,500 hot dogs. Who who needs that many hot dogs? dogs <laughs> i like the text there of anybody that really needs twenty six thousand hot dogs. joey chestnut needs that many he does not he he does not need that many hot dogs i doubt he eats a hot dog any time other than july 4th i mean I, how about mickey sudo you need some you need some hot dogs for practice no you think it's real I sort of do think it's real, but I'm curious, like, what was the original scenario that had you buying 53 cases of hot dogs? Yeah, I think there's... I mean, maybe it's a restaurant. Is there a hot dog restaurant that's gone out of business? I don't think so. Not within the last week, which is what you would think. How many hot dogs can you eat... At like comfortably at a sitting, comfortably. Well, that's a that's a very different, different question. question. Yeah, uh, comfortably two to three. Three hot dogs is a lot. Yeah, three. with buns, with buns. That's like that's a lot. It's Poppy a lot. seed bun or no? No. What do you me. put on your hot dog? Uh, it depends. It completely depends with me. Uh, generally, I'd like some kind of onion. They can be fried. They can be raw. Okay. I like an onion. I mean, kraut. How do you feel about sauerkraut? Big fan of kraut. But yeah. uh, generally, I do. That's more of a brat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Different types of sausages. Just a hot dog. I, I try to keep it relatively simple. Maybe some relish, some mustard, raw onion. Chicago style hot dog. How do you come down on that? I like it. It's yeah. its its own thing. Like, it's not. It's like a salad. Yeah. Salad on a bun. If I'm craving a hot dog, I'm not always craving a Chicago dog, but I don't dislike them. How much better was the dome dog at the Metrodome than the absolute trash of a hot dog they serve at Target Field? It's just so. It was so much. It's so not even close. So different. I mean, you just go They're to- literally different dogs. So I'm. It, this is not just ridiculous nostalgia. 
Although maybe it is ridiculous nostalgia. Yeah, probably some, but I think there's truth to was it. Was the original dog, was the dome dog a Hormel dog? The target field dog, I believe, is a Schweiger. It's Schweiger, yeah. It's not terrible, but it's just not. It's not bad. It's a hot dog, but it's not a dome dog. Yeah. It's uh, also the the best dogs. It's when they're going around with the little carts and the buns are already steamed oh. in there, you know, going up and down the stands. Those were always the best. I wonder if the pitch clock is going to bring back some of the the roaming vendor. I hope so. Because the games were moving so fast. When I went to Target Field this year to a couple Twins games, honestly, the action was moving so quickly, I hesitated to get out of my seat. Yeah, it's hard. And they, they've implemented the, you know, order from your phone and go up and pick it up and come back. To that them. helps. Those are, that helps, but it's still like nothing better than, than handing your cash down the road. Oh, and they the ha- there, there, there was a shared humanity yes, about that really moment. Was. Like no one took the money. Nope. I just, don't you remember being a kid watching that happen and you'd get to pass someone's money and you're like, this is amazing. Like, it's yeah. like a, a conveyor belt. It's like a firefighter water brigade of passing down the $5 bill. It was fun. It was so, oh man, I miss that. I hate that. It's so funny. I never, I mean, just you bringing it up, definitely. Homer Simpson wants the hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of hot dogs, guys. Like, it's not, you can't just donate the hot dog. Like, no shelter wants 25,000 hot dogs. No. Put it on an event. I don't know. Free hot dogs for whoever wants them. Put on, put on some kind of event. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Craigslist, man. Just what an absolute wonder. So good. You know what I miss about Craigslist? Misconnections. Does that still exist? I think it does. I mean, everyone's like on... Do people even have a misconnection anymore? No, and people don't really use you just like outside of, you know, furniture. You see people on TikTok doing the misconnection, yeah. right? Where you're like, okay, Internet, do your thing. I was at do the counter think? at Starbucks and, or you know, whatever. I was at this corner and I walked by the guy of my dream. And who is that supposed to be, Jason? I don't know. That's my twenty twenty two year old girl voice. Is that what that was? I, Unclear. You know. Unclear. <laughs> Five fifty. We'll take a break. Uh do weather and traffic and uh talk some more about whatever the heck we want to talk about because I'm off tomorrow and clearly I'm not prepared for this segment on CCO. I mean, the hot dog texts are very good. You guys are very funny right before the Henry Lake show. I appreciate the comedy efforts, you know. Whoever has the 26,000 hot dogs, I wonder if he also has a disproportionate number of buns, like 28,000 buns, because whenever you buy a hot dog, the, you know, it's good. Yeah. I had to do that as it's a good. good good question once back in my TV days. What was the answer? It's because of the pan that was you that bakers use that uh, the number of hot dog buns is like it's easy to make a dozen. I think feels like you could just make a different pan. Well, it wouldn't fit in a standard yeah. oven slot, I guess. 
Yeah, or the hot dog people could put more dogs in a package. You know, somebody could get together. It feels like a solution here. here. Uh, Other note today. How much time do you get? We don't have enough time for that. We only got a minute. We only have a minute. How about this? For Christmas, if you guys could give me a gift, it would be to subscribe to our podcast. What a fun conversation with the family behind Keys Cafe. That was at 4 o'clock today. So I'd love if you'd check that out. Great political conversation with Chris Saliza. He used to write the Fix column for the Washington Post. He was a CNN analyst. He's been on our show a bunch of times. I just love talking to him. So that was at 3.30. So a couple things you can check out on the podcast. Derusha Eats, it's its own podcast, too. So if you're looking for something over the weekend, enjoy some conversations from chefs and restaurants. Something to do while you're wrapping those presents, which is what I'll be doing tonight. Charlie, thank you. Great job today. Thanks, Jason. John Hines is in tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.